You're listening to What's New with Wired. It's Monday, May 1st. I'm Zeke Robison. Today we're talking about the Securities and Exchange Commission taking a hard line on digital assets. Make sure to listen to the end to find out what other Wired podcasts you can check out today. Something needs to be done about crypto. In 2022, billions of dollars were lost to crypto bankruptcies and hundreds of millions more to hacks. The mess has spilled over into traditional finance with the collapse of the two biggest crypto-friendly banks, Silvergate and Signature. And all the while, new scam tokens flood the market. In the U.S., regulators are arguing over not just what needs to be done, but who gets to do it, with the Securities and Exchange Commission, or SEC, and Commodities and Futures Trading Commission, or CFTC, sparring over who has jurisdiction over crypto. Under Chair Gary Gensler, the SEC in particular has gone after the sector with new intensity since the implosion of crypto exchange FTX in November, launching or threatening enforcement actions against big-name crypto businesses, from Gemini and Genesis to Kraken and Coinbase. But the SEC's aggressive approach doesn't sit well with one of its most senior figures. Hester Pierce, one of the SEC's five commissioners, has formally disavowed the agency's tactics on multiple occasions. She says the SEC's actions have been driven by what she calls jurisdictional maximalization, launching cases in order to grow its mandate, but haven't actually helped the crypto sector become more compliant. One way to plant a flag is to bring enforcement action. It says this is our space, Pierce says. But in pursuing territorial gains instead of creating guidance to help crypto firms color within the lines, she claims the SEC has lost its way. We haven't done our job as a regulator. We have not provided a road to compliance. Pierce has made multiple public dissents, most recently against a proposed amendment to the definition of an exchange that would expand the range of crypto activities overseen by the SEC, which she says are designed to foster public discussion about appropriate checks and balances for crypto and to heal the dysfunctional relationship between the industry and the regulator. She describes the SEC's current tack as a combination of regulation by enforcement and regulation by ambiguity. Pierce believes the dynamic has eroded any vestige of mutual trust between the crypto industry and the SEC. A common frustration among crypto firms, articulated recently by Coinbase and Binance, is that efforts to discuss with regulators the aspects of crypto that do not tuck neatly into existing frameworks have borne few fruit. Paul Gruel, chief legal officer at Coinbase, describes the company's 30-plus meetings with the SEC as one-sided monologues. Pierce is sympathetic. One reason for the dysfunction, she says, is that discussions are too frequently held behind closed doors on an ad hoc basis, leading to inconsistencies and understanding between different crypto firms about the way to bring services into compliance. If you sit in back rooms negotiating with individual industry players, as opposed to having a public conversation about the right approach to regulating the space, it leads to all kinds of problems. The big conversations need to be had in a public forum so that you don't end up with a set of rules that works for one entity but not for everyone else, she says. I'm sick of seeing it being done in these one-off situations where the power dynamics are all wrong. The SEC, Pierce suggests, is profiting from a lack of direction from the U.S. Congress over the proper classification of crypto assets. With the absence of clear legislation, the SEC is free to bring enforcement actions on the basis of a belief that most crypto assets are securities, and in doing so, pull crypto into its orbit. 
Without specifying how securities laws apply to crypto, Gensler has repeatedly stated that almost all cryptocurrencies are securities, subject to SEC supervision. He has also called on crypto businesses to register with the agency, a process that would impose reporting requirements but limit the chances of after-the-fact legal action by bringing operations into compliance from the beginning. But crypto firms like Coinbase claim there is no practical route to registration because the existing process makes no accommodation for crypto's specific attributes. The decentralized nature of the underlying technology they say, and the kinds of crypto activities it supports, like staking, demand a bespoke system. Recently, Coinbase filed a motion with a federal court seeking to force the SEC into responding to a petition for new crypto guidelines it submitted last July. Pierce, meanwhile, says questions around the classification of crypto deserve greater attention than the SEC has afforded them. We've been sort of broad-brushing. I think we have to be more precise because every case is unique, says Pierce. Gensler faced questioning to the same effect at a House Financial Services Committee hearing on April 18th, at which he was the sole witness. A chorus of criticism was led by committee chair Patrick McHenry, Republican representative from North Carolina, who asked Gensler to account for his agency's enforcement strategy and lack of crypto-specific guidelines. There is a lack of clarity, said McHenry. Do you think that provides safety and soundness for the product? Do you think it provides consumer protection? Do you think it serves the value of innovation? I think no should be a simple answer for you. Warren Davidson, another Republican on the committee, claimed the SEC has imposed a de facto ban on crypto and went as far as to table a bill under which the SEC would undergo a restructuring and Gensler would step down from his role as chair. Gensler maintained that crypto markets are compatible with existing SEC guidelines, that most crypto tokens are securities, and that the crypto market is therefore rife with non-compliance. His office declined to comment further on the record. But not everyone at the agency is pulling in the same direction. Pierce says the effort to bring new territory under SEC control threatens to undermine its central objective, to serve the American people. She worries that to grab jurisdiction only to insist crypto businesses must either squeeze themselves into existing molds or leave the U.S. defeats the point. It's supposed to be the government working for the people, she says. The SEC's quest for jurisdictional maximalization, says Pierce, risks jeopardizing the U.S.'s status as a center for technology innovation in finance by pushing companies offshore. Tired of what they interpret as a hostile regulatory regime, crypto businesses are starting to filter out of the U.S. On March 31st, crypto exchange Bitrex announced it would wind down its U.S. operations. On April 20th, Coinbase announced it had obtained a license to set up shop in Bermuda. It makes me sad because it's about the capability of a regulator to deal with a new technology and asset class, Pierce says. We're showing ourselves to be incapable of making any accommodation for experimentation. The five-commissioner structure at the SEC is intended to bring together divergent perspectives, something Pierce celebrates. But she is trying to persuade her agency peers that, on the crypto issue, the SEC has it clearly wrong. So far, she's had little joy. I can't give you the fly-on-the-wall perspective, Pierce says, but I have not been successful in convincing my colleagues that we are going down such a bad road. Make sure to check out our other Wired podcasts. Today in Wired Business, Microsoft's cloud gaming dreams are falling apart. Checking in on Wired Science, an ominous heating event is unfolding in the oceans. And on Wired Security, a U.S. bill would ban kids under 13 from joining social media. Listen to these stories and more at wired.com slash podcasts.
Thanks for listening to Wired. Check back in tomorrow to hear more stories from Wired.com.